Welcome, Valley family. We are in week number two of the series uh, that we're calling Divine Direction. And uh, I, I'm actually uh, suffering through a little bit of a cold, which I kind of enjoy in a real weird way because I can get my Barry White on, you know. No, it didn't work anyway. But uh, uh, so my voice sounds a little bit deeper than, than normal. But uh, really excited. We especially want to welcome uh, those of us that are joining uh, in, in our Poughkeepsie campus and our online campus by the hundreds. It's just amazing uh, how fast that's uh, growing and able to reach people that can't make it here uh, for one of our services for one reason uh, or another. Uh, but we're talking about uh, divine direction, and this series is based on the book by Craig Groeschel. Uh, highly recommend it. Already have heard from a number of people uh, that have been able to pick up the book. Uh, it, it's fantastic, to say the least. This series kind of covers uh, some of the themes of the book, but, but this goes into much, much greater detail. It's incredibly practical. It's also incredibly challenging, and I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it's been out for a little bit over a month or so. Um, great read, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it, almost finished with it. Now, one of those that you just don't want to burn right through. You kind of want to read a chapter and then just take some time, you know, and, and uh, live through that and, and process that and apply it to our lives. But specifically, uh, this week, I want to talk about uh, directional wisdom. Directional wisdom. If you have your Valley Christian Church app, go ahead and open that up. It's going to be a real simple outline to follow uh, in, in this message, but I think you're going to want to look back on some of these scriptures especially that we're going to be looking at just to kind of review last week when we kicked off the series uh, a couple of points there that are important I think and I'm not going to take time to say it all over again but decisions that we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow and and, and we make our decisions and then you know what our decisions make us we, we make our decisions, and then ultimately it's like they kind of they make us. They determine what happens in our lives. Doing a little study in preparation for this specific message uh, about directional wisdom, I uh, came across this interesting statistic. Millennials, the millennial generation right now, we have a lot of millennials uh, in our church. We've talked about that before. Uh, we're, we're really blessed with how many millennials that we're reaching and continue to reach because the American church, for the most part, is not reaching millennials. Only 4% of millennials identify themselves as Bible-believing Christians, only 4% of the entire generation. But millennials uh, has been concluded as the most, uh, millennial generation, the most indecisive generation ever born in the United States of America. The most indecisive generation. Here's the reason why. Be because they've been given too many options. They've always had options. Always had options. And, and also, not only options, but because of things like social media, there's this illusion of perfection. For instance, uh, you, you see in social media, and forget that that's everyone's highlight reel, right? And, and so always thinking, oh, you know, the perfect restaurant to eat at, the perfect meal, the perfect outfit, the perfect this, the perfect that, and, and always looking for perfection. And if you realize something isn't perfect, it, kinda, it just kind of brings anxiety. I can't make a decision. And so that's why sociologists are calling millennials the most indecisive generation ever, really suffering what I like to call analysis paralysis. It's like just, just weigh it out so much and like, oh, no, what if this is not the perfect decision? And so I just won't do anything. But, but the answer is God wants to give us all direction in the small things and in the big things of life. 
as well. And so that's really what this whole series, Divine Direction, is all about. And last week we talked about this really important two things, really just two points that we had last week's message, was the who before the do and the why before the what. The who before the do. God's more concerned about who we're becoming than what it is that we're doing and why we do what we do. The why before the what. What motivates us. Who we're becoming and, and what's really motivating us. And, and so many times what we're praying and we're asking God, God clearly show me exactly what it is that you want me to do. So that there's no, there's no uh, problems, that the path is really, really smooth, and, and there's no resistance, or there's no struggles at all uh, in, in what's happening. And if you'll excuse me, I'm going to need a little cough drop here. I know that's rude, and my homiletics professor would probably shoot me, but he's with Jesus right now, so that's not going to happen. <coughs> God bless you, Frank. Uh, anyway... <clears throat> Thank you. <clears throat> so, you know, we, we're asked God for direction so that we just don't have any problems, no difficulties, a- anything like that. But I want to show you first as we start off, the Apostle Paul, if there was ever like a man of God uh, that, that God spoke to, that he had, God gave direction to, it was the Apostle Paul. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Just think about that for just a minute. The Holy Spirit spoke to him and through him. He penned two-thirds of the New Testament. And you would think if there's any guy who ever had divine direction that, that like God spoke to, obviously he did. We're reading his words, even we'll read some of his words tonight during our time together. Paul started churches. He wrote the biggest portion of the Bible of any single author, incredibly uh, used by God and yet very, very unsure about God's direction in the future. Look at what he says here if you have your Valley Christian Church app. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 6 through 9. Listen to how he's hedging his best. Doesn't sound like a man who has clear, crystal clear direction in his life. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 says, Perhaps I will stay with you for a while. He's speaking to the Christians at Corinth. Or even spend the winter. Maybe I'll stay with you for just a short while. Or maybe I'll stay the entire winter. So that, um, so that you can help me on my journey Wherever I go, he's like, I'm not sure where I'm headed. Wherever I go, and he goes on and he says, For I do not want to see you uh, now and, and make only a passing visit. I hope, in other words, this, this is what my, my desire is. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. He's like, I, I really want to come to you, but I'm not really sure if God's going to allow that to happen. I, I I may stay with you for just a short time, but it may be all winter long. How many of you have in-laws that do things like that? You know, we're just coming for a short time, and it ends up being all winter long. That's not a short time. It goes on and says, but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, which is a, a Jewish festival, because a great door of effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. Think about that for a minute. Paul is, is right in the center of God's will for his life. He goes, I'm not sure how, I, I like to come to you Christians at Corinth. I'm not sure how long I'm going to be able to stay. I'd like to stay for a long time. It may actually be for a short time. At the same time, there's a, a tremendous opportunity that's come to me in Ephesus. And, 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 you know, God's the one who's opened this door. And I'm getting opposed and problems and stress. And I'm right in the middle of God's will. How about that? Here's a man that if there was ever someone who experienced divine direction, it was Paul. 
why do we assume that our life is going to be different? He didn't sound so absolutely positive about everything. He didn't like, this is what God has commanded me, how long to stay. You kind of hear there this, this perhaps, maybe, wishy-washy, kind of, sort of, I'm being opposed. I recognize this is a great opportunity, a, a door that God's opened for me. But you know what? There, there are many who oppose me. I, I am really having all kinds of conflict. So many times we, we ask God, tell me what to do. We're praying, you know, God, just tell me what to do. And what God is really saying is, I want to give you the wisdom for you to decide. We say, God, just tell me what to do. And he's saying, I want to give you the wisdom so that you can decide. Instead of being a robot, I want to give you the wisdom so that you can decide. You know, there's a, there's a news channel. That's kind of their buzzword, right? We report, you decide. Well, it's questionable if they are, you know, deciding for us or not. But God's saying, I want to give you the wisdom so that you can make the decision. Instead of just opening up your head and putting the thought in your mind of what you're supposed to do. One of the greatest men in all the Old Testament who was a man of wisdom was King Solomon. King Solomon was David's son. And when, when, when uh, Solomon became king, David passed away and turned the kingdom over to him. When, when, when Solomon became king, he had to, as a kingly sacrifice, would go and make a sacrifice to God. And that would be the sacrifice of one animal. And that was what was required of him. But instead of uh, sacrificing just one animal, Solomon decided, you know what? I'm not just going to sacrifice one animal, which is my duty. He sacrificed 1,000 animals. 1,000 sacrifices to God. God was so taken back by this. God said, listen to this, this is amazing. He goes, Solomon, I've seen what you've done for me. I've seen how you honored me. Ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. Now just think for just a minute. What, what if God gave you that promise? Ask me for anything, anything, and I'll give it to you. Power, money, influence. God says, ask me for anything and I will give it to you. And you know what Solomon asked for? He said, God, give me wisdom. Wisdom. Give me wisdom so I can lead these people. I need wisdom to be the king that you want me to be. And God was so impressed by this, God said, not only am I going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you money, I'm going to give you power, I'm going to give you faith. He said, I'm going to give you everything because you asked me for wisdom. I'm going to give it to you. Solomon still, talk about the, the, the wisdom of Solomon. He's considered one of the wisest men ever. And Solomon wrote these words after God had given him incredible wisdom and, and, and incredible power, the greatest kingdom at the time uh, that he was um, the king of, over Israel. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, Solomon wrote all Proverbs. Solomon writes this, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. The wisest thing. It's not wealth. It's not education. What is the wisest thing? The wisest man, short of Jesus himself, the wisest man ever said this, 
getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. And he was ridiculously wealthy. But Solomon said, it's not wealth. It's wisdom. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Solomon had no regrets at all for asking God when he said, whatever you want, he says, wisdom is what I want. And later on, Solomon pins Proverbs, and he's writing it to his children. That's what Proverbs is all about. It's, it's his wisest man ever, Solomon, writing wisdom to his children. That's why it's really great to read it. It'll make you wise. But he says, this, this is what it's all about. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can ever do. And, and so many times in our culture and society, we, we're like chasing all kinds of other things. And Solomon says, Chase after wisdom. In fact, it's beautiful. In, in Proverbs, he talks about wisdom. There's, he talks about two women. As you read through the book of Proverbs, over and over, there's two women that are mentioned. One is wisdom, and it talks about her like, as, as a woman. Pursue that woman. And, and then there's, a, there's another woman, and, and she's the adulterous woman. She's, she's a, a woman who seduces that, pulls, that, that makes you turn into a fool when you chase her. And that's everything else besides wisdom. And all throughout Proverbs, it's talked about, and he's writing this to his son. He's like, pursue wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom's what you want, son. Go after wisdom. Direction of wisdom. So many times we're like, God, tell me what to do. And he said, I want to give you the wisdom so that you can decide what it is that you should do. Haven't we all kind of had those moments in our lives? I know I have. Maybe, maybe you haven't, but I've had too many moments in my life like, what was I thinking? <laughs> what was I thinking? If I only knew. Have you ever said this? If I only knew then... <laughs> what I know now. What is it that you're saying? If I only had the wisdom back then that I do right now, what is wisdom? Experience and knowledge equals wisdom. And some things in life you just kind of learn the hard way, right? And then you look back and like, if I only knew that back then, it would have made things so much easier. I would have decided differently if I had the wisdom that I needed, that I didn't even realize that I needed so much. So, real quick, in our time together, I, I want to give you really three, uh, real quickly, keys to directional wisdom. And they're each just one word, real simple outline, but, but, uh, but I want to make it real simple so we can take it with us. Three keys to directional wisdom. Here's the first one. Walk. We, got, we have to learn how to walk in wisdom. In other words, wisdom's not like this switch that you flip on and you flip off. You don't turn it on and turn it off. We have to learn how to walk in wisdom. Uh, look, look at what Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 puts it this way. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Let me, let me break this down for a minute. By the way, parents of teenagers... This is refrigerator material right here. This is, this is a phenomenal verse. Uh, pay your kids to memorize this. You know, say, I'll give you five bucks if you memorize this. And, and if I give you the five dollars, then here's the thing. Anytime I ever say, what's Proverbs 13, 20? They got to tell you. They have to tell you. My, my parents, they, they used to do that because, listen, you want a reward which you want repeated, right? As parents, don't pay your kids to take out the garbage, do you want them to just do that forever? So, so you reward what you want them to repeat, the behavior you want them to repeat. So if you want to put a premium on memorizing God's word, reward them for memorizing God's word. Put the value on what is really valuable. That wasn't in my notes, but that was for some parents there that are struggling right now. So anyway, 
Proverbs 13, 20. Look what it says. Walk with the wise. Walk with them. In other words, ongoing contact, relationship with wise people. Walk with the wise. Share your life with wise people. Open your life up to those who are wise, and guess what happens? You become wise. You become, hang around with wise people. Do you know what happens? You get wise. I'm not talking about being a wise guy. That's a whole nother, that's a different thing. But, but not a Weisenheimer either. That's a German wise guy. That's what that is. But uh, wise means you, you stay, you hang around, spend your time with wise people, and you become wise. Now, the same is true. Here's the other side of the coin. But a friend of fools, a companion of fools, suffers harm. How many of you ever heard this phrase before? Guilty by association. You ever heard that before? <laughs> that's right out of the Bible. That's what that's talking about. If you hang out with idiots, guess what you are? You're an idiot. That's what the Bible's saying. It. And if you hang out with fools, you're going to suffer harm. You're saying, well, maybe I'm not a fool. Yeah, but you know what? The fool's driving a car, and when he goes off the cliff, you're going to die. You hang out with fools, you become a fool. You hang out with wise people, you become wise. And, and so, right here, walk with the wise. So important to walk with the wise. We need to learn how to live with wisdom. Not just, a, just we only need wisdom for the big decision. No, we need, because the small decisions determine if you ever get to the big decision. If you ever get to the big decision. <clears throat> a few years ago, well, let me ask this. How many of you, <laughs> I'll tell a story after I ask a few questions. How many of you right now, whatever you're doing, say, let's, let's pretend like we all love our jobs, right? Okay, let's pretend that. Uh, how many of you, if someone called you tomorrow and said, you can live in a place where you want to live and, and do the job you want to do, and we'll pay you $25,000 a year more, how many of you would go? All right, okay. So the rest of you can't vote anymore. What if somebody called you and said, you can do whatever, you do what you want to do, live in this place you want to live, and we'll pay you $50,000 a year more. All right, now listen, everyone's eligible for this. You can live where you want to live, do what you want to do, and we'll pay you $100,000 a year more. How many of you would do that? All right. We're going to pray for you after, when we're done. <laughs> I was faced with that decision a few years ago. Church called me and said, we'll pay you $100,000 a year more to pastor this church in a tropical climate in one of the states of the United States on the water. And you can pick out your BMW when you get off the plane. What's the price that you'll sell out for to step out of God's will for your life. See, if, if there's a price, somebody will pay the price. If you have a price, somebody will pay you the price someday for you to compromise where God's placed you. And I'm not saying that transferring is wrong, but, but do you understand what I'm saying? When, when I decided, and it's crazy, when Susie and I prayed about this and we asked for wisdom and we called some of our wise friends, help us to hear on this. And they said, 
Greg, it looks like a good deal. This looks like a great opportunity for you. This is like 2011. It just didn't feel right because we felt like God had planted us here. And I said, no. Thank you, I'm flattered, but no. A year later, they called back and said, we still want you, we haven't put the senior pastor in. And I had a second time around on it. And I said, no. And I knew this is what we said, this is where God planted. And our church has tripled since I made that decision this day. Tripled in size. Because I, I, I don't have, Williamson doesn't have a price. You, you can't get me for a price. If God says go, I'll go. If he gives me wisdom and the release, then I'll do that. But it's not about money. It's about walking. And, and there were, there were 10,000 little decisions that led up to that big decision. And I feel like it was like the moment. I, I felt like God knew. God was like, you know what? Which one do you want, Greg? Do, do you want to build on something that another man has built? Or, or do you want to keep on building with where I've planted you in your hometown, in the community that you were raised up in? Do you want to see me change the community that you grew up in? Or are you just willing to go? I've never regretted that decision. Walk with the wise. We have to be wise in all the decisions because the small ones lead up to the big one. The small ones lead up to the big one. A companion of fools suffers harm. It's almost, let me put it this way, it's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong kind of friends. I've never seen anyone beat this. I've never seen anyone beat this. I'm gonna hang out with fools and I'm going to end up where God wants me to be. It doesn't work like that. Life doesn't work like that. Walk with the wise, you become wise. Companion of fools, friend of fools, will be collateral damage. That's what that means. Will suffer collateral damage because of who they're hanging out with. <clears throat> Notice what it says here, walk with the wise. That means also it's not a one-time meeting. For instance, again, that job offer, when that job offer came to me, you know what? I, I, I called trusted friends that I've been walking with for years. In other words, it's not, it says walk with wise. Who you're sharing your life with, not call and make an appointment and ask some expert to give you advice. That's not what the Bible says. Who are you sharing your life with? It's not a one-time meeting, it's walking together. That's why, once again, here at Valley Christian Church, that's why small groups are so important. Because it's who we're walking with. It's who we're sharing our lives with. That, that's why community groups and, and short-term groups, it is where we share our lives with one another. Where we can talk about some of these big things that are going on. And because we're sharing our lives, like, oh, come on, Greg. You know you've always been a sucker for a BMW. That's all that's messing with your head right now. You're not going to take that job. You know, something like that. People that know you. People that really know. Listen, you can always find someone who will tell you what you want to hear. But if you're walking with people, you're sharing your life with, with other Christians, 
that really have your best interests at heart and are secure enough to tell you what you don't want to hear, but what you need to hear, you become wise. Walk with the wise. Walk with them. Live with them. Share your life with them. And you'll become more wise. But the companion of fools suffers harms. Again, it's impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. For some of us, we're saying, God, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And he's like, I am. Walk with the wise. Yeah, but should I do this or should I do Walk with the wise. I'm giving you more than just a single answer on a day. I'm giving you a long-term strategy. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise. But it's impossible to live the right life with the wrong kind of friends. Because I grew up in this community, graduated from John Jay High School, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends that are complete idiots. I, I mean, they're just, I have friends that are horrible people. I just, I just want to say that. They're just, half my friends like went into law enforcement and the other ones are the ones the law enforcement are chasing. That's basically, that's like, that's, it's like right down the, and, and, you can't make this stuff up. I, I went out to dinner with like five of my high school friends. We all played ball together. Three of them are cops. God bless them. I love law enforcement. Uh, two of them, real shady. And then there's Pastor Boy. And, uh, and at one point, I, I turned to my buddy. And, and so this side of the table, and then we all know each other. This side of the table, it's like a Bronx tailor or something. This side of the table, the police officers, these guys shady. And I turned to one of the guys, kindergarten through 12th grade. We went kindergarten through 12th grade. I'm like, I won't call his name. <clears throat> I said, buddy, what are you, what are you doing, man? What, what, what's, what's your business? You know, and he goes, import, export. And I was like, oh, no. And, and my friends that are police officers kind of leaned up like, <clears throat> what was that you said? He was like, import, export, you know, blah, 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 and changed the subject real quick. And I'm like, I can't believe this has happened, like right here. My point is this, especially those guys. <laughs> I went to school with them and all. When you're in school, you're in school. But I never hung out with them outside of school. I played ball with them, but I didn't go out after practice with them. Because my mom and dad taught me it's impossible to live the right life with the wrong kind of friends. And it's the same thing for you on the job. That there's some people that you have to work with. There's some people that are going to come across our path, that you've got a job to do, you've got a project, or you've got to get that done. But then when it's time when you have discretion and you choose to hang out with the fools, that's when the problems happen. That's when the problems happen. So walk. That's the first thing. If you want to make better decisions, hang out with wiser people. If you want to make better decisions, hang out with wiser people. Here's the second word. Ask. Ask. First is walk. And then is ask. James chapter 1 verse 5, I love this. James chapter 1 verse 5 in the New Testament, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. This is an amazing verse, an amazing promise right here. If anyone uh, lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Cool story here. I was studying this verse about 19 years ago. In-depth study, I, it was just, I wasn't preaching on it. I was just studying about uh, through the book of James for my own personal devotion. And I came across this verse. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, 
who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it'll be given to you. And I was like, what is this word? And and it was old school. I didn't even have a computer program that could do this back then, so I had to pull out the books, and I start looking up this word in the original language of the New Testament, which is Greek. This is the word in the New Testament. The word wisdom is the Greek word sophia. I came home from work, and Susie tells me, we're expecting number three, our third child. And we start talking about what we're going to name our child. And I said, I got it. Long story short, Sophia. So if anyone lacks Sophia, you should ask God, and he will give you generously. And he did. Boy, didn't he? Uh, she's just a pistol. Uh, absolutely, no doubt about it. And he's like, you know, we always say Sophia's God's joke on us as, as parents. We, we would be so critical of parents if it weren't for Sophia. Uh, and she, she hears us say this all the time. She'll listen to this, you know, while she's at college, I know. But uh, she's not a bad girl. She's a wonderful girl. But she's just different than her sisters. The other two were so compliant, you know, we would say, time to go to bed. Yes, mommy. And they just jump right in there and like, close your eyes, go to sleep. And, they go, and they're just out. Sophia, not so much. So, uh, God gave us generously. But, but this is an amazing thing about wisdom. If whatever you're, fa- you're ever facing a difficult decision, ask God and it says, listen, he's not going to find fault. He's like, oh, now you're asking. He's not going to point out our faults. He's not going to condemn us. If anyone, if you ever feel like you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give generously. It'll be given to you. This, this, is, this is an incredible promise in the scripture. And so, before 19 years ago, but I'm going to encourage you to do this. I've been doing this for 19 years plus. Every day I ask God to give me wisdom. Every day in the morning when I wake up. And I pray. And, I, and in my prayer time, uh, I just say, God, you don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm going to face today, but God, you know what I'm going to face today. And so, this is what I'm asking. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom today to make the right decisions that I need to make. Every single day, I ask God for wisdom because I don't want to assume that I can handle it on my own. And there have been times when I've faced difficulty and like, what in the world? And like, bing. And I know that thought, that idea that comes in my mind is so much better than Greg Williamson would ever have on his own. And it's God answering the prayer that he said he'll answer every single time. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask. Ask. Just, just, just imagine that. God's got a bucket of wisdom. And he's just saying, come on, Chris, just ask. Just, 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 just ask me. But if Chris doesn't ask, he never pours that bucket out on him. I wanted to, but you didn't ask me. And then Chris says, God, give me wisdom. I'm the one that decides. God says, just ask. Just ask me, and I will give you generously. That's why it's a bucket full. It's not like a thimble. It's not like an eyedropper. It's a bucket full. Just ask me. How many of us wish we'd known this way back there? I wish I'd known. God, I I don't have to be good enough. I don't have to earn it. I just have to ask. 
Ask. And, and listen, let's be honest, man. It's hard for us to ask, right? I'm one of these guys, thank goodness for navigation systems because I've never asked for directions in my life. I'll drive, I'll drive for seven hours in the wrong direction rather than ask for directions. I think for us as men, it's really, really hard for us to ask. And, and there's something in the humility of asking that allows the wisdom to come to us. Ask. Our kids, Susie and I, our, our girls are in college now. One's graduating. And, and for us, the way we've tried to parent our girls, when they graduate and they go off to college, we're like, okay, mom and dad are still paying, but, but, but you're, you're, you're grown up now. And we require different things. We're not trying to tell them what they got to do anymore. And, and we say, but if you want to ask, we'll, we'll let you in on some wisdom. You know, why, why is it that like 12 years old and under, kids think mom and dad know everything? And then it's like that 13th birthday. Now mom and dad know nothing. It's just like they know absolutely nothing. And, and, and we don't want to be the, these kind of high-maintenance parents. And, and so we've told our girls, listen, you got our phone numbers, you can text us, you can FaceTime us, you can call us, but we're not going to be putting our nose in your life. You want mom and dad's wisdom? We'll give it to you. But you need to ask. And so even, even today, one of our daughters, mom, dad, just want to know what you think about. And then it's like, okay, so here it is. And we just lay it on them. We just go on and on and on and on and on. But like, you asked for it, you know. Same way with God. God's like, listen, I'm not going to shove my will down your throat. But if you ask me, I'll give you wisdom. What an awesome father we have if we ask. I love this. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you. God is speaking here. I will instruct you and teach you. This is what God wants to do for each and every one of us. But don't miss this. This is beautiful. In the way that you should go, I will guide you with my eye. Many years ago, again, it talks about wisdom. We're talking about it. I, I've, it's been something that's kind of been like an obsession of mine, studying about it, learning about what the Bible says about wisdom. Many years ago when I was teaching a class, actually, a course for Christian Life School of Theology, uh, I, I, I taught one whole hour about this verse. Because this is powerful. Just think about this for a minute. And, and I'm not going to take an hour. God is saying to you and me, this is how God wants to be our Heavenly Father. I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way you should go. But don't miss this. I will guide you with my eye. Now, now some other English translation, this is the New King James Version. Some other English translations, I, I think, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but having drilled down it, I think they kind of get it off a little bit. It says, I will, it says, I'll guide you with my eye upon you. I, I, that's, I, that's not really what Hebrew is saying. This is more of what the Hebrew is saying. Old Testament Hebrew, I will guide you with my eye. Watch this now. Moms, dads, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I'll take my glasses off, maybe you can. There are times when our kids are growing up, we're at somebody's house, right? Our girls are doing something crazy, and dad goes one of these. I didn't say anything. 
but I just kind of, and they're all of a sudden they're like, that comes out of relationship. That comes out of time. That comes out of knowing your father. That he doesn't even have to say anything. But he can direct you with his eye. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me. We're not talking about religion here. We're talking about a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And he says, I want to instruct you. I want to teach you so that you are so close to me and that you know me so well that Greg, when you're about to take a step in the wrong direction, you're so close to me, all I've got to do is go. And you go, okay. Just like that. Just ask. This is what God wants for every single one of us. This is how he wants to guide us and instruct us. Guide you with my eye. Just look in the direction that I want you to go. And that you can go. You know, it's one of the coolest things about dogs, by the way. Have you ever noticed this? You can point to a spot and a dog will go to it. No, no other animal does that. My, 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 my little girl, Lucy, my little friend, I can go, Lucy. And she'll go, whoosh, she'll run to the spot that I point to. And, and I was doing that one day in the backyard, and I just thought, that's what God wants to do with me. God, God wants to not even just point. God just wants to look at the spot, and Greg will go there. That's how close he wants my relationship to him to be and yours as well. Last one on ask. Proverbs 12, 15 puts it this way. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Fools think that their own way is right. In other words, fools never ask for advice. Fools never ask for help. Never ask for advice, but the wise listen to others. When it comes to advice, it's better to take more than you give. When it comes to advice, it is much better to be a taker than a giver. And the Bible says a wise person takes advice, listens to other people. Let me ask you a question. How long has it been since you've asked for some, someone to give you some advice? How long has it been? For me, 12 hours maybe. That the longer I've been walking with the Lord, the more I realize I need input from other people on a regular basis about all kinds of stuff going on. That, that, that I, I'm not a know-it-all. I don't have it all. To, I, I'm, I, I'm not like, I got it right all the time. So I need advice. And I need to put weight on people's opinions. And when I ask them, hey, what, what do you think about this? What do, what do you think about that? Because I don't want to be this guy. I want to be this guy. Fools think their own way is right, so they never ask for advice. But wise take advice, and they listen to others. When was the last time that you asked for advice, and did you take that advice? It may determine, are we here, or are we here? When it comes to advice, it's much better to take 
more than to give. Here's the third word. First word, walk. In other words, it's not off and on with wisdom. It's a life of wisdom. Walk. Second one is ask. We've got to ask God. We need to ask others as well. Even if we, if, even if we know they may not tell me what I want to hear, ask away. Ask away. Here's the third word, decide. At the end of the day, you've got to make a decision because no decision is a decision. So many people think, if I don't decide, I, I, I won't make a bad decision. That's a bad decision. No decision is a bad decision. I was in high school when this movie came out. Maybe you've heard of it, Karate Kid. Remember that, Karate Kid? And um, Mr. Miyagi, I'm not going to uh, try to do the voice or anything, but Mr. Miyagi put it this, one, one, uh, this way to Daniel at one point. He said, Daniel, son, must talk. Walk on road, walk on right side, safe. Walk on left side, safe. Walk in middle, sooner or later, get squished like a grape. So many people trying to walk in the middle of the road, and they think it's safe by not making a decision. I'll just keep one foot here and one foot here. I'll just hedge my bets all the time. And God did not create you to live a mediocre life. And so many of us, we don't make decisions, and we're living a mediocre life. So far below what God wants Make a decision. Make a decision. God, tell me what to do. He says, I'm going to give you wisdom so that you can decide the right thing. Make a choice. Make the call. How, how do I know if this is God? How, how do I know if this is the devil? How, how do I know if this is just, just Greg? How do I know? Ask God for wisdom. We're walking in wisdom. We surround ourselves with people who are wise and, and have our best interests at heart and have the same principles and same values that Jesus Christ has given to us. Where there's no, no clearly cut in the Bible, do this. It's not a moral commandment. Don't do this, do this. And there are those in the Bible, and we shouldn't question those. Those are clear. But, but make a decision. Make the wise choice. Love and trust God and make a decision. One of my favorite historical characters is uh, George S. Patton, General Patton. I love George Patton, old blood and guts. And he used to put it this way, quote, a good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan next week. Make a decision. Just, just do it. Make a decision. It's so absolutely important. We've opened, we've prayed about it. We've asked others, make the decision. And then go all in on it. All in on it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says again, in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God speaking through me, he says, So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. Do you hear what Paul said there? Paul's not saying, we prayed and we waited and we waited until God wrote it on the wall what he wanted us to do. We prayed and we waited and we said, God's give us a sign. God give us a sign. He didn't say that. We prayed and prayed and waited until God said, Thus saith the Lord. That's not what he said. What does Paul say? We thought it was best and we did it. We made a decision. We did it. So many, we can over-spiritualize this, and I'm not saying that's not important. 
walk with the wise. Ask God for wisdom and decide. Decide. Because no, I've seen so many people that have just messed up their lives just sitting on the side. I just can't figure it out. I just don't know what to do. And the opportunity passes them by. And it was a God opportunity. And they just wouldn't decide. When we could stand it no longer, we thought, this seems like the best thing to do. And that's what we did. Make a decision. So very important. Because God is with you. And he wants to. Once again, going back to it, Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Let me encourage you. It's okay to pray, God, what should I do? But understand, if you don't hear God say, do this, he's saying, I want to give you wisdom so you can make the decision. Walk, ask, decide. That's how we have directional wisdom in the little things in life and the big things in life as well. So for some of us, let me end with this. It's time for us to stop kind of dancing around it. For some of us, we don't have a group of people we're walking with. We, we, we don't have a small group that we're sharing our lives with. And, and, and we're going to ask God to give us wisdom. And he's like, I've given you an opportunity to be in a small group. Short term or community group. We, we've only got in our community groups. We've got one more week. At the end of this weekend, there's no more sign up. They're closed. The opportunity is gone for six months. It's gone. For some of us, the action, the obedience that we need is to take that step and I'm going to do this. I, I, I'm going to be a part of a small group. I'm going I'm to take God at his word and start sharing my life with some other folks and growing those relationships because I'm not at the time walking with the wise. It's not a one-time phone call. It's a life. Walking with the wise. Oh, we have short-term groups as well. And listen, it's not like I get a bonus for how many people are in our small groups. <laughs> My motivation is just to help you. I, I don't get any, you know, extra anything for this. I, I just know what it means to me personally. What it's always meant to me. And I just think we all need that. We all need, because this is what God instructs us in his word. And so right now, I just want to I just want to ask, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Father, we want to be wise. Lord, we need your wisdom. Lord, for so many of us, we didn't realize that all we had to do was ask that you're waiting. You just want to dump a bucket of wisdom on us every day. But we've got to ask. Lord, give us the courage to walk with the wise. Give us the courage, Father, to ask for wisdom daily. Father, give us the courage as we walk, as we ask, to decide that our relationship with you would 
continue to grow so close that just like your word says in Psalm, that you can direct us with your eye. Simply glance in the direction we should go. And our relationship, we know you so well that we'll go where you want us to be. Right now, with, with every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask this question. Do you know God that way? Have you, have you received Jesus as your Savior? That, that's the first step in receiving this wisdom, this wisdom that God wants to give every single one of us, this directional wisdom. It, it comes through Jesus, his Son. And, and recognizing that he, he paid the price for our sins on the cross through his perfect and sinless life. He laid his life down on the cross for you and for me. And he paid that price. And he rose again three days later. And, and that's the starting point when we receive Christ as our Savior. That's when the wisdom really comes in, the wisdom that God wants to give us. Right now, I'm just going to ask with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you've never taken that step of, of real faith and trust in Jesus Christ with your, with your life, putting your life in his hands, that's where real wisdom comes from. I, I just want to lead you in a, in a real simple prayer right now because the Bible says that if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we'll be saved. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that that's the starting point of receiving this wisdom that we've been talking about. So you can just pray this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I receive forgiveness from you through Jesus Christ's life and his death for me. I turn from my sins right now and I recognize Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And I'm asking now Jesus direct my life instruct me in the way I should go give me wisdom for living today in Jesus name amen amen thank you for listening to audio from Valley Christian Church located in Hopewell Junction New York please visit us online at valleychristianchurch.net for more information thank you